Hello, and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Kirk and Drew from the band Courtesy. How's it going? Hello, it's going very well. Thanks yeah, for having us on. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm glad, glad to uh, have made it happen. It's been a very warm, false spring sort of day in Chicago. That's been exciting. Yeah, it's nice. Really nice. And I threw my back out, so that's super exciting. <laughs> also <I> exciting. <laughs> it's great. Couple days for a show. That's super exciting. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, we're here to talk about some bad songs, um, some of the worst music that <sighs> you two have made. We got a lot of it. <laughs> great. Uh, that's what we want here. I would love to hear from both of you a little bit about when you started playing music and then when you started playing together. Go ahead, Drew. I had like a fictitious band in fifth grade that uh, I was like really into <laughs> like drawing artwork and stuff for. I like I played drums, I guess. I, I guess I started in sixth grade uh, playing in like the school band. So and then I guess like maybe around like eighth grade. So I guess around like uh, age like 13. Uh, like started a little pop punk band yeah and just like kept at it since then just always do you remember what were the names of your bands the fictitious band or the pop punk band <laughs> uh the fictitious band was bloody mary uh <laughs> of course and the album was called uh killer grapes <laughs> we had a song called salamander i still have the artwork the music didn't exist um but uh but the first like real band uh, was piped down. So, and our first song was uh, C is for Cookie. It was like a it's classic. Girls. Yeah. Like, I didn't know y'all wrote that. That's crazy. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Some real talent. Oh, no. This is a bad songwriter podcast, <laughs> not good song. Yeah, it's I forgot to say, uh, yeah, we, we were working for Sesame Street for a while. And, you know. Kirk, how about you? Uh, was in sixth grade, I think, my first band. I was just like a poser, just total poser, singer. I didn't really have any music talent at all. Um, I knew like three or four chords and like, hello, I love you and things like, like you know, just like little old classic mm-hmm. rock songs that I learned on my dad's acoustic. And then I wrote a song. It was a, after I saw Platoon. It was a Vietnam song. <laughs> <laughs> But I was in like the sixth or seventh grade. And so I played this one song that I wrote at like a church thing. And then, uh, I don't know, I just decided that was going to be the thing that I did. And uh, so I just started writing, not all Vietnam songs, but uh, but I started writing songs. and try Yeah, trying to put a band together. Like that was the mission until I was like in my 20s, you know. So I was in and out of bands in high school and nothing of note. But um, but then I got into a band in my twenties that like was probably lasted nine years. Was still a poser, you know, until I probably hit thirty or something. Uh, so, you know. But maybe we're all still posers. Yeah, yeah. That that is a strong possibility too. <laughs> it's I kind of come to terms with it, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> just if you if you're at it long enough, you know, you're just like a lifer poser, you know. Yeah. Embrace your Sorry. inner poser. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's what separates a poser from someone else is is a commitment. But I don't know. Yeah. 
or lack of anything <laughs> better to do. <laughs> yeah, right. That's pretty yeah. much it. Cool. So when did you two meet and start playing music together? We met through uh, this guy named Kerry McDonald. He was uh, in a band called Christie Front Drive back in the day. It was kind of a, a punk, early emo band, maybe. Um, I don't know. Drew knows more about that than I do. But uh, he put up an ad on Craigslist, and we both answered it. And that we both had our, and we both had our own ads up at the same time. So I think we answered each other's ad and this dude's ad, and the three of us got together. And we didn't really like care for the other guy's music, but the two of us had it off. So that's yep. how we met. <laughs> we, we, we smoked his weed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we graciously, graciously took yeah. his weed. But uh, actually, I answered Carrie's Craigslist ad not. For like a musician to like play with um oh. he was selling some records and actually i wanted to i was trying to uh, buy a christy front drive record <laughs> and uh, that was his old band and i was like oh shit so we ended up just like meeting and he was like yeah what do you do i was like, i play drums and yeah and then he was like yeah i'm gonna jam with this guy kirk uh, but then yeah also too i had messaged kirk because he posted an ad uh, looking to for someone to like jam with so i don't know it was uh it was real weird like at the time it, it kind of seemed like the scene that it, like we're both from uh memphis and at the time it kind of seemed like all the people that we knew that were musicians uh like came from like a pretty like traditional i don't know like rock punk background and kind of just like stuck with that so um i think kirk's ad mentioned some stuff about like you know just some like fluffy stuff you know uh some stuff that i was like kind of drawn to seemed like something less aggressive yeah more you know less like black t-shirt angry guy Mm -hmm. music so i kind of came from from playing in like punk and hardcore bands and yeah just wanted to like get away from that yeah i was just thinking the other day maybe i even said it to somebody about how i feel like i used to be so much on craigslist like there are people like musicians i met through craigslist friends i made through craigslist whatever i just don't use it as much anymore i still use it all the time that's great i just i just miss it i think i've just moved over to like facebook marketplace for furniture and stuff oh yeah yeah yeah, i I have some friends i've you know had for like a decade now who are people yeah i met because i answered their like weird craigslist doug malone who was our bass player for a while i met through craigslist when i moved here that's wild yeah yeah, I met I met tons of friends through Craigslist. Mm. I kissed a lot of frogs on Craigslist too, but uh, <laughs> well, of course. Yeah, but uh, that's what you got to do. I've had some super awkward interactions with people, but I uh, have also met some of my best my best friends through it. So I'm a lifer. I swear by Craigslist. Yeah, I love love Craig. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and his lift. Yeah. yeah, thank God for Craig. Yeah. That man, that website is just wild. If you think Perfect. about it, there's like, there's like no, there's, there's, it hasn't been updated ever. It's still like web 1.0, you know, it's like, there's and I, no. And I love that. Yeah. I would hate untouched. if it was updated. Oh no. Yeah, why? It, why? Yeah. It's perfect. It's, it just works, you know. I don't know. Bandcamp band just got bought, so, you know, <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> Step up, Coming Craigslist. Coming for Craigslist next. <laughs> mm-hmm. Craigslist's going to get bought by Spotify. In Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, you brought some bad songs Mm -hmm. with you to listen to, so why don't we get into it? Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the first track we're going to be listening to today? Bonfire, I think. Would that be the first one? 
Uh, yeah. Dreams? Okay. Um, we when we first met and got together, and he answered the ad on, from on Craigslist in Memphis. I was writing all these songs of my own, and the first thought was to have Drew play drums on those and just contribute and rewrite those songs together. Um, and that ended up just kind of feeling kind of lame. And Drew was also doing this new um, kind of noise, just loop, uh, like looping the DL4 with, you know, hitting the drum and just making a bunch of tape loops and a bunch of weird shit. And I was doing things like that on my own for years too, uh, but that was just like personal four-track tapes. And so when I heard the stuff he sent me of him doing that, I was my mind was kind of blown with some of the sounds he was getting, just like the textures and sounds. And they weren't really songs as much as like just big mess, you know, just like a, a block of a jam or something uh, or noise. And um, and so when I heard that, they just sounded cooler than the songs I was trying to write. So this is the first time we got together and recorded, though. This is one of the songs that I wrote with him playing drums on it and then us fucking with it afterwards, I think. Yeah, we record. I remember recording it at your and like in your dining room. And, like, yeah, we were getting really excited about, like, the four-track, like, tape recorder. So, yeah, I remember, like, at the time, I'd like to record things, like, just, like, run it, like, a mic, like, run a mic through a pedal and then, like, into, you know, so, and Kirk was, like, no stranger to that. So we were just, like, super hyped to just, like, try to make it sound as fucked up as possible i guess you know yeah we're just <laughs> um, experimenting with whatever yeah you know, whatever just, we could trying to make those four track tapes and things that we did on our own bring it into like a band situation and you know I don't totally know. so we actually tried to do that with this song like so kirk had the song like with the like the guitar riff and the vocal yeah i guess i just like added drums to it but like in that kind of like weird way where we tried to really like make the drums like textural and stuff like that but i mean I, th I think it was like a a cool attempt it was like our very first attempt but it like it's just, just not it's song. not good <laughs> it's not very good at all yeah. you know i mean yeah. you're, you're about to hear it so yeah there's nothing spontaneous or there's nothing fresh about it it's just a song with effects, it's pretty yeah you know, it's pretty blunt, <laughs> you know? yeah and the vocal was like a scratch and so it's pretty cringy so Good All for your podcast. Our vocals are still scratch, you know? Like, it hasn't changed in Yeah, I guess years. they are. <laughs> <laughs> but they've just gotten better, I guess. My, yeah, my first scratch is just better than my old first scratch. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's give it a listen. Yeah, I don't even know what that organ kind of thing that's pumping in the back is. Yeah. I remember recording the initial thing, but no. That's it. Oh, uh, I think the organ thing, that was that was my little sampler. Um, I mean, we still use that sound. That was that harmonica sample. Uh, um, but yeah, it's just not very good. Like, it, like, the sound didn't really work for the song or whatever. When did you record this? Uh, I think it was like years end, ago. end of 2009 or early 2010. We met in 2009, so I want to say it was then. 
this is like one of the first times we played together. I think it was like the beginning of the summer, maybe. Yeah. I remember this was like one of the songs that you played for me in Carrie's like backyard when uh, when we like got together that very first time. You like played me some just some of your songs, just like out in the backyard when we were taking a smoke break. Yeah. And I remember like being really into them. Yeah, there's like way too many effects on these drums, man. <laughs> there are a lot of effects. <laughs> we were just like super hyped to this. Like, I think we were like really into like Deer Hunter and like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Trying to make, like, like riding that delay, you hear that? <laughs> yeah, this is really goofy. But I think that this kind of like made us like realize we needed to like loosen up or just like start from scratch or something, you know? Totally. It just made uh, bringing a song you wrote in feel lame, you know, instead of us, instead of it happening uh, spontaneously or or coming from some sort of technique, new technique that you've discovered, you know, which mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of batches of, of our songs come from like whatever technique we're into at the time of recording so yeah i, I do it's different i'm oh, sorry i didn't mean to no cut, it's all i was just saying but... it's always different it's always every album is different kind of like yeah. it's the gear that we have at the time and and what we're into at the at the moment you know yeah for sure i do remember us playing this song like actually rehearsing the song and then recording it which like is something that is unheard of now (laughs) and like (laughs) in the courtesy like process you know like i think that like because we both came come from bands where you get together with people in a room and you just duke it out you know you just work out the song uh one dude usually writes most of it yeah yeah, yeah, like, one person will bring, like, a, like an idea to the table, and then everyone will just kind of, like, flesh it out, you know, right then and there, and then you rehearse it for weeks or months or years, and then you pay good money to, like, go record it in a studio. That was, like, always my experience with, like, playing in a band. Uh, even though I always, like, that, da- like, like to dabble with home recording and, and stuff like that, I never, like, you know, I just kind of thought the charm of it was, like, I mean, I always liked the immediacy of it, but it was just kind of viewed as, like, unprofessional or something, you know? Right. Like, you just couldn't put that out and, like, charge people money for it, you know? It kind of felt like, but, I don't know, at at, at some point, I was just like, dude, I mean, we like this stuff, like, why not just you know, keep it like really raw and really immediate because that's what feels fresh, you know, like you spend money to go record something in a studio or just like play something that's very rehearsed. You just come off feeling like really stiff because you're really self-conscious and, you know, you're really concerned with getting it right or something, or at least that's my experience, but. Yeah. And in this, and we've set ourselves up now that we, it's more of a reactionary band. I mean, it kind of, came out of a reaction like a reaction against that over overtly aggressive heavy black t-shirt stuff we were talking about and then we almost started as a reaction to this recording that we did that we just listened to to start to just you know improv and record 
whatever comes out, you know, first take vocals, not rehearsing things ahead of time, just making the song on the spot with whatever we have in front of us. So, so yeah, it's, it's always been a reaction. Our, some of our albums are reaction to the, our last albums as well. So it's more fun to do that than to have a calculated thing that you chiseled out at home on your own and then you show it to the other guy and they say, hey, play this. You know, that just seems... Right. That seems lame now. <laughs> it's it's crazy that most bands work that way to me now. You know, I understand that it's necessary, but... Uh, it can be so much more fun when it's things happen organically mm-hmm. or people are bringing ideas to the table or whatever. I mean, some of my favorite things on some of the songs I've put out have been like, you know, a keyboard line that the drummer came up with, mm. like when we were recording something, you know, yeah. like having space to have a song change or going in without much of a, with just a loose idea of what the song will be and creating it in the moment. Yeah. I think just is so much more fun. It is. Yeah, for sure. And this, this band has always been about us having yeah. fun. <laughs> and I think people, yeah. people, can sure. just feel, people can just feel that, you know, like I don't really want to listen to music that sounds so labored. You know, like it just just doesn't feel good. You know, like you could just tell, like whenever someone was just like, "I gotta," you know, "I gotta make this shit the best shit." You know, like I don't, right. I don't know. It just like it kill it kills it for me, and it's just like so much more enjoyable to listen to music that just yeah, that feels like it is capturing a moment, or yeah, it it is capturing like something that is just like immediate and fresh. Um, I kind of always liked. Do you remember that band? Um, the hives from like the early 2000s yeah that, that swedish band and they yeah. were like a kind of a garage rock band yeah um they always said that they liked to um like they were really big when i was in high school and uh and i remember reading an interview uh where they said they liked to whenever they like wrote a song and learned it they liked to just like play it maybe just like once or maybe t- maybe twice and then they just shelved it until it was time to record it, you know, so that way it still had that, like, fresh energy, like, right out the can energy, you know, and I was, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I took that with me. I wasn't even really into that band, but for whatever reason, that, that like, resonated. Yeah, I mean, it's a good philosophy. Was it Taika Watiti? I think, was just talking, I saw an interview or something with him, and he was talking about his process um, and saying that what he'll do is, like, write a script and then put it away for a year or two and then take it out again and read it. Write it again with just from memory. Yeah. His memory of reading oh, it. Right. <laughs> Which <laughs> you know, do we have does everybody have time for like that lengthy of a process <laughs> with stuff? No. But it's like that's sort of a similar idea, right? right? Like letting something marinate and coming back to yeah. it and, and making it fresh. Yeah, yeah for sure. I you know, I always always kind of obsessed with bands that would do long-winded shit like that you know that just kind of felt like it added some lore or some like loftiness to like the music like neurosis would like record something and then like put on a tape and then just like play that tape like just play it you know like play it for like a year or something and then release that you know like mm-hmm. um <laughs> like that, i don't know just like that kind of like strange yeah like where you can kind of like marinate on ideas for a while and just like kind of like let let them simmer or like revisit them later or rehash them because i do think that there there's just two different modes uh with like a creation um and like you know creation coming from like a judgment-free pure zone versus like 
um, like consumption or like editing, you know, like, because yeah, whenever you're revisiting some of your ideas, you know, like if you give it some space, if you give it adequate space, you can like listen to it with fresh ears or read it with fresh eyes and, and it feels better. You know, I'm also like a graphic designer by day and like a lot of times I'll just have to do some, some work, uh, you know, and kind of like finish up my idea and then like go to sleep and then you know the next day i can like look at it again and if it like feels right to me in the morning then i'll send it off it's like done you know yeah because sometimes you you're just like too close and you just can't you're just not listening to it with any feeling you know 100 percent. cool well you have another bad track here i guess this was like one of those earlier jams that i sent to you and then you just like added added your own thing to it and this kind of became the workflow of of courtesy i would like kind of mold or like kind of send a big chunk um big big chunk of sound and kirk would make sense of it this was like two or three loops maybe or something or maybe just yeah just one big chunk of you playing drums and bass and then i added all the stuff on top of it and then i think i lost the project or something for a while and just found that we were trying to put together like a b-sides like just like a scrap you know all the stuff that didn't make it to a record and like revamp it a little bit so i i either found those or maybe i re-sang something i don't remember what it was but uh but the vocal came a little bit later but this is one of the first things he sent me by himself that kind of had that like kind of creepy vibe that i always hunt for and things so and there's like a little brightness kind of like a minute in so yeah, I don't know. The vocals and stuff are not great. It's not it's not the worst song, but it's not even really like a song song. It's just one of the first things right. that we did. Yeah. And like, also the other thing is like we have the first the other the other first things we did ended up on the first album. Like we just put it out. So Yeah, it so, eventually yeah, clicked clicked with us, but but yeah, I remember um wait, what was I gonna say about this one? Yeah, it's kinda like uh it's kinda like riff. You know, you hear in metal, like about like metal songs or like like hardcore bands. You know, sometimes they'll be like, uh, "Yeah, this isn't a song. This is just like riff salad." It's kind of like riff salad, or but it's almost like <laughs> yeah. it's like like no like like sound salad. <laughs> you know, it's just like mm-hmm. a collage of nonsense. But I don't know, whatever. I like I like taking things that he sends me though that are like one coasty thing and then trying to make like a a bright section or like a bridgey type thing or a chorusy type mm-hmm. thing or just try and take it another way. It's kinda of like how Tom Petty writes like you know, a verse and a chorus uh over the same chords. But this is like a audible version of that, you know, trying to, you know, over the same foundation make different parts of a song and things, you know. Yeah, so I think this is where that started, that kind of like him handing me chunks of things, you know. So Cool. Well let's give it a listen. Again with the effects, lots of it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just want to fuck around with the facts. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I got, I got all the re- time want to fuck around. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got that <laughs> reverb pedal. I had to use it. You know, I could not use it. Exactly. I've learned how to not use it. <laughs> I've just started using guitar pedals. So maybe I, my like wanting to use effects all the time uh, phase is in my future. <laughs> maybe it's now. Uh, yeah, our uh, yeah, it's it's it'll get you. 
Yeah, I think this vocal was done like years after the actual music was. Yeah, we probably should have improv. <laughs> probably should have sent an earlier version of the song if we could find it. I couldn't find the yeah. instrumental. This is one of the first ones too that he sent me that had like a solid drum beat to him because the first tracks that he sent were like drum loops with the DL4 where he's just kind of hit hitting a floor tom or something, you know? So it's all just right. super affected. Like through some of these tracks, I really kind of fell in love with this drum style too. He's definitely become one of my favorite drummers. <laughs> just get that super slow draw to his playing, you know? Awesome. But it's unique, I dig it. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like you all have talked, you know, some about how your songwriting process has changed. I don't know if you want to add anything to what we already discussed. I assume that it's shifted a fair amount over so long of playing together. I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, the way that we construct songs is, is still pretty much the same, though. Like, I think you kind of just, as an, as an artist, you kind of just have to figure out a workflow and stick to it, at least, you know, like... I mean, maybe you don't have to stick to it, but you just have to, you know, you, you have to bring a song into existence, right? And you have to do that somehow, and you can kind of only do that in the ways that you know how to do it. It's still pretty haphazard, and it, it is still, like, just a lot of times, like, spawned from uh, me, like, just, like, playing drums or, like, fucking around with a drum machine. Or, like, a little combination of both, or, like, resampling re myself playing drums and then, like, trying to make that feel good by, like, adding bass to it and, like, you know, cropping out the good bits of drums. Like, we've always kind of done that. Uh, just, like, found, like, the, the little hot moment of me, like, playing drums or Kirk playing drums, you know? So, yeah, so, like, you know, even on this album, you know, most, I, I would say, like, you know, there, well, there's two of the songs where Kirk, it's pretty much just all Kirk. Uh, kind of, you know, it's just like the whole chunk, uh, like came from Kirk initially, and I may have added some, may have like done the role of Kirk, you know, and have like sprinkled in like my little like yeah, yeah. little bits and made 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 sense of it, you know. He's kind of just swapped swapped roles for a couple songs, but uh, but yeah, usually it's just just trying to just kind of figure out like I think for this new one, we've always kind of been obsessed with like finding songs that feel good and then like playing along with those songs like in headphones like to the drums to get good solid drums and to get kind of like classic beats so it's kind of just like straight up tracing you know like you like trace a comic you know if you're like learning how to be an illustrator or whatever you know it's mm -hmm. kind of just like you just steal what you like, I guess. Totally. I do that kind of thing all the time. I'll be listening to a song, and then I'm sort of like writing another song's melody on top of that song, and then I turn off the song, and I go figure my shit out, you know? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not the same song, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a bandmate who got really frustrated, like, uh, in high school, because, uh, like, he would listen to the Smashing Pumpkins song, and then the song would, like, fade out, and he would just be like, the song's not finished. Like, I... I <laughs> I had the rest of the song. I mean, basically, like, fan fiction wrote 
like you know, <laughs> like like, like a like a second half of the Smashing Pumpkins song, and I was just like, "What is like? What are you doing? Like that's wild, you know." But I realized that I kind of so I kind of did the same thing in a way, you know. Like you hear, yeah. you just subliminally hear all sorts of weird shit whenever you listen to music. You hear all sorts of like things that aren't there. You hallucinate whenever you listen to music, and you know, like you kind of like. I kind of figured that out early on, you know, you can kind of just like leave a lot of room for interpretation, you know, because people are going to hear whatever they want to hear anyway, you know, people kind of inject their own flavor into things, you know, it's like people are like, they're not exempt from their own perception, you know, like their own like points of reference and things like that. Totally. Kind of rambly. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. That's what that's what a podcast Nailed is. It. It's all yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to hear what you both have been listening to lately. There's a band out of New York uh, called PE that I like a whole lot. I think they're on Wharfcat Records, but uh, mm-hmm. but I fucking love that band. They kind of do like a they're in the same family as us, <laughs> sort of. It's more uh, light and. Uh, uh, dancey, like directly dancey. I don't know, maybe maybe a little more aggressive or something, but uh, but but light as in like the thin. It doesn't have quite the density that our our shit does. But um, gotcha. I went to Out of the Past Records a couple of days ago and picked up a stack of just some twelve inch dance records, mostly house music. Uh, so I guess I've been listening to those. Uh, I, I've been checking out some of my friends' music. Because everybody's been kind of putting out some stuff. Please, Composer Squad, and DJ Hank. There's just, like, too much to listen to, so I'm kind of overwhelmed sometimes. Like, (laughs) whenever I sit down at my computer, you know, it feels, like, really open-ended. So, um, Yeah, I actually started a project at the start of this year because I was feeling like that, too. And I was feeling like I keep just listening to the same stuff. And I don't want to be, now that I'm in my 30s, I'm, like, hyper-aware of, like, I don't want to be that person that just stops listening to new music, which I don't really know if I should fear that i love music (laughs) whatever but um i started i made a spreadsheet and i'm listening to a new to me artist every day of the year so i got a lot of recommendations from people we'll probably be taking some of the people you just said and putting them in my spreadsheet but it's a way for me to like actively listen to music and like be discovering new music yeah i was a captain beefheart nut when i was a kid but i kind of put it away for a really long time and just a couple of weeks ago, it struck me again. So I'm on a big beef heart kick again. So that's great. Yeah, I love that stuff, especially the guitar work in it. But yeah, it's it's kind of like music will. Um, for a while, I got like the itch where I was just like, man, there's so much music in the world. I got to check out anything that I can get my hands on. And so I would mm-hmm. just dig and dig and uh, just like you know, go off any re- recommendation. I was just like just open like i was just like a sponge i would just like take it all in um then at a certain point i think i just like got like full you know i kind of like hit capacity or something like that or like didn't really know how to like i did the same thing yeah i didn't really understand how to like keep keep an open you know like i don't know just everything just kept it just felt like it spiraled out of control and like music got kind of haywire uh and i didn't really know how to like kind of keep up so i just kind of reverted back to like 
listening to emo and like <laughs> i don't know just like i was just kind of i don't i don't fucking know you know i'm just gonna listen to the records that i've had you know like i don't know or just listen to house music or whatever because like at least i feel good when i listen to that you know um nothing wrong with feeling yeah good. yeah so yeah because music is so uh, emotionally loaded especially you know stuff that you're super familiar with and yeah sometimes that can be like a really nice thing but yeah a lot of times you have to put that away so uh and come come back to it later so later in life i guess totally cool well thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah absolutely it was a great time yeah yeah enjoyed it really a lot of fun great yeah i'm excited to excited to, to dig into more episodes i you know i didn't really i hadn't heard of this podcast until kirk told me we we're going to be on it so that's yeah, great yeah. <laughs> well thank you <laughs> now you got some old stuff to listen to yeah yeah Jump there's there are a lot of episodes cool <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening bye 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 we're back baby it won't be such a long break till the next episode thanks for listening you can find a link to Curtis's music in the episode description for the podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter or on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you have been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate, review, subscribe, follow, share it with a friend. All these things really help us out. If you are interested in being on the show or otherwise want to send me an email, you can reach me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a good one. Bye.